Hello. How are you doing? I'm just holding up. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to lie or if you were going to truth. <laughs> Why do you think I lie a lot? No, no, no. I don't think you. I just was like, I didn't know if you were going to be honest about how you're feeling right now to the universe. No, I feel a little worn down. Well, it's hard. I'm tired. I think yeah. Things are cyclical. Your body has highs. Your body has lows. And it's physical and mental. Mm-hmm. You're probably right. Yeah. How about you? Um. Well, I've had COVID all week. Really? I did not know. <laughs> and it's causing me a lot of anxiety. Say more. I just have been cooped up in the house and I don't like being cooped up. Shall we tell the people that you've put on nice outfits and put on makeup (laughs) several of the days? Yeah, we should, because it's the only thing that kept me sane (laughs) is that I would put on an outfit and go to the clubhouse to work because I, I can't work in here. Yeah, I just can't. I would spend um, an hour at the gym walking on the treadmill. <laughs> so I don't know. It really like bugged me this time around. And maybe it's because I was not as sick. Like I didn't really get sick. <clears throat> I've had like a little small cough and just like sniffy nose, but that's it. And so I think I just was like more pissed that I'm like, why am I at home and I'm not even sick? Could have been some false positives. That doesn't happen. And it definitely wasn't because I lost my taste. You don't just lose your taste for no reason. Yeah, that's fair. I forgot what that fact Yeah. That's how I knew I had it. I wouldn't have tested if I hadn't lost my taste. There you go. So maybe yeah. the food was just really bland. No. It wasn't because I put a shit ton of onion salt on my sweet potatoes and I couldn't even taste it. And I was like, these sweet potatoes taste like shit. And it was like a salad. And I was like, why can't I taste anything? That was a <laughs> Hopefully no one has those those gag problems and they hear someone else gag. Oh, it's like a mouth thing that they have. Some yeah. people do, yeah. <laughs> okay, stop. So that's how I've been feeling. I had a mentee B yesterday on the phone with one of my bosses and he had to talk me off a ledge because I was like, I don't know why I keep getting sick during these really important weeks at work because I keep doing that. So yeah, that's about it. Challenging road. Yep. And our dog is psycho. He's gotten so much attention this week, but you think that he has not gotten any. Yeah. We realized that he prefers hanging out with mom too. Mm -hmm. When both people are home. We always knew that. Uh, that's oh, him he's coming here he's weighing in you can hear him looking yep yep okay okay yep. that's enough only think people can only take too much of that uh yeah you're good to him it's nice i'm his og so yeah he likes me the most it's fine <laughs> um okay welcome to the it's hard podcast now that jack and i've just rambled for the last three minutes hopefully um you're still listening hopefully you're still listening i'm Paige boner and next to me is oh he got sad is my husband jack holmgren <laughs> did you even know what you said your name was that's that's my name for it's hard okay so i'm sure people know that listen but my last name is legally actually Paige holmgren but it used to be Paige boner that's funny. So I kept it because it goes with the name because it's funny. Yes. So you like boners. I do like boners. Yep. I've got a whole family of them. So, <laughs> and this is the It's Hard podcast. This month, we've been focusing on sober content, sober curious content, yep. and it's leading to a kind of shift in what it's hard is going to be. Are you excited about the shift? I'm super excited about the shift. Yeah. Are you? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to bring Jack on to talk about the dynamic that exists when you're sober or sober curious and your partner drinks, because I get asked that a lot about how it works and what it looks like. And I think we're still figuring it out. I don't think that we have it all figured out, but I was hoping that we could kind of share our experience. And what I realized was that you have known me, you knew me when I drank. Barely. Yeah, barely. But like we were together for probably like six months before I stopped drinking. Yeah. So you've known me on like both ends, which is kind of interesting. Um, No, it's been longer. It was longer. It was a year. It was over a year that we'd been dating. Because you didn't drink much in the first place. Well, no. And it was COVID, but we had been dating for like a year before I stopped drinking. So you've known both sides. You've we've been in relationship where we both drink. And then now we've been in relationship for almost three years where I don't drink and you drink. So it's wild. Yeah. I'd like to clarify too, that our serious scenario is probably different than other people's Mm -hmm. because other people might have, I don't even know how to say it for you can correct me. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause this is, this is right now what I'm saying is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some other people have, bigger reasons to quit alcohol yeah they might have more traumatic events they might have an like a severely unhealthy relationship with alcohol which yours was a little bit more different you just more realized that you were better without it yeah so it makes it a little bit easier for us to coexist i think and make it work totally like you said i don't think we have it figured out yet mm-hmm. but we're working on it yeah That's like so interesting. And I'm going to do an episode on this too, because when you search, like, because it's the sober curious movement is sort of a new thing in the last few years. So when you search like sober tips or, you know, sobriety or whatever, just on Google, it's actually crazy because so many, every tip is like about recovery and AA and, having a you know addiction issues and working through that whereas like a lot of this sober curious movement is centered more around the fact that we're just people are actively choosing to not drink or to drink less than they normally would and just be more mindful about their drinking and so i just find it interesting that oh my gosh there's a lot going on right now i find it interesting that you say that because it's true. And I think that a lot of people for so long, people have been seeking out content and resources for having an addiction or going through recovery. Whereas like my story is more in the sense of, I just didn't like the way alcohol made me feel. And I decided that I didn't want to drink anymore. I think you're right. Like a lot of times in the past, think people eliminating alcohol from their their life took one of those events right it was like you really didn't understand that you could live life without it maybe depending on how you were raised uh a lot of us it's a big familial thing where it's a community thing where you'll enjoy beverage when you're out and about having dinner it's a little harder to say no to it. And like saying no to it is usually at that point because you really can't have it. Right. So I like people eliminate it before it gets to that point. What was your original thought when I shared that I didn't want to drink anymore? Do you remember? I don't remember. Uh, I probably didn't think you were going to think it was going to stick. Mm. Uh, then I realized it was going to stick and it doesn't dramatically affect our lives. Yeah. And I'm supportive of you wanting to do something that's healthier for you. I know. I'm just thinking like, if you ever had thoughts that it's not a bad thing, but just like ever had concerns or worries of like, how is this going to fit into our lives? You know, 
not that we drink a lot, but just like, did you ever have any thoughts about like what this was going to look like? No, I never thought about what it was going to look like. I honestly haven't thought about like how it's going to look like in the future. I was going to change us. Uh, no, I really didn't. It was not like a, a factor or decision in us committing to each other. Mm-hmm. No, it's more, that's more like your crazy family. That would be something like I would have to weigh in. Not like you drinking alcohol or not. <laughs> My family is crazy too. So <laughs> no. Why? Do you think me drinking alcohol concerns you? No, no. I just think that there could be people out there who their partner is deciding to not drink or they're the person and their concern might be like, well, is my lifestyle not going to match up with this person any longer? Or is there fun things that we're going to do? I mean, I even shared on an episode that I recorded last night um, and I don't know if it comes out before this or after this, but when I first decided to get sober, I had so many thoughts run through my head. Like one of them being just the basis of, am I like, am I going to be able to hang with your brothers? You know, like we were spending a lot of nights during those years, like playing card games and drinking and like doing things like that. And I was like, are they going to be like, oh, she's not cool anymore. And it sounds so stupid now, but it's just like, those are the things that I I don't think it's stupid because I think that there are plenty of people out there that would, that would dramatically affect your relationship. Right. Right. So like, uh, I think we're lucky that that doesn't change the dynamic with my brothers. Yeah. They're really understanding uh, of that. They've had their own relationship, trials and tribulations with alcohol too. Mm-hmm. So for you to eliminate it, I don't think it's like, you're not, you're not up till 2 a.m. Being dummies all the time. But I mean, that never really was your big thing. Yeah. That is true. And like I said, it was during COVID. So it's not like we were really going to bars anyways. Yeah. Like that's kind of the difference too, is like we already kind of had a chill lifestyle and we weren't really doing it. But I do think that people like run through that in their minds. Like how will it because that is like I just want to normalize the fact that like that's a big change. Yeah. To have somebody that you're in relationship with go become sober. Like that, that's not a small feat. And like that's okay. Right. But it's also okay for it not to to just be like you, how you see it as like, well, it just like, wasn't a question. It's like, well, not everybody thinks like that. Yeah. Well, you know, the tough thing is too, is like, okay. So then you're worried about, you get to the point where like, you're worried about, is this going to affect my good relationships? Mm -hmm. Right. And then at that point, then it takes you to the point where like, oh, with those relationships really good. If it actually does affect those relationships. And that's not fun to go. No one wants to go there. Yeah. But that's like, you have to think about that. Like I I said that as well on a different podcast that I recorded. Like if people aren't supporting you through that life change, then they're probably not people that are meant to be in your life. And I I have people I drifted away from. It is hard. I had people I drifted away from during that change, you know, and that's just natural. Like it's just going to happen. So completely. But how do you feel like? it has evolved and you know since moving in together just like overall what do you how do you see like the dynamic between you drinking and me not drinking um i mean we're still working on it like i like to drink i do like to have a little bit of a buzz here and there and I'm still establishing what's healthy and what's not healthy for me, right? I'm still through that phase. I do enjoy alcohol. Uh, I think it's tough when you have two people in two different states of mind. Mm-hmm. I think we come around that. I think we've had a couple arguments where I was like arguments is like, let's just say discussions that were a little bit passionate that where I was under the influence to a certain extent and they didn't go well mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. that happened like earlier this year or last year and for you that can be traumatic 
for me, uh, like I just naturally get a little bit louder when I'm under the influence. That doesn't help. I'm loud in the first place. Uh, <laughs> as I get reminded weekly for fair, fair points, I was yelling in like the bathroom the other day, the fan was on and I was making sure Paige could hear me. So I was increasing my volume. I was in the bedroom that's attached to the bathroom. I was right next to him and he was screaming. Uh, I think it's really tricky at that point. Like being under the influence does affect how you can treat loved ones. Uh, you do not want to get aggressive or abusive. Uh, I don't I mean, obviously. Yeah, I wasn't to those points at all. No. But uh, it's just really tough when you have two different states of minds, especially when someone might be traumatic towards stuff. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's yes. a fine line. I think the best situation for me, if I am drinking and we come home and we go to bed, it's just to make sure I like, you know, I love you, but also just to like wind down because you don't want to hear me chit chatting and, and like being kind of on, on a, like, I don't know where I'm going. Do you kind of, can you explain what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Again, um, I think to, to your first point, it is really important to understand, you know, if you're the partner with the person who's decided to stop drinking, like if there is trauma around drinking for me, like my dad, obviously there was a lot of trauma with that. And then my past relationship, there's a lot of trauma around that. And so Jack and I have had to have a lot of conversations around what I can and cannot tolerate when he's drinking. Yep. And when he says like he raises his voice, it's not like he's yelling at me or anything. It's just like, I can't do like loudness when you're drinking. It just triggers me, you know? And we've just had a lot of conversations about, you know, we can't fight when you're drinking and things like that, just because it doesn't go anywhere. And I don't believe that fighting with anyone when they're under the influence does anything anyways, because it's just not, you know, the, I, I simply believe that people who are drunk are not their actual selves. Like I just, I don't really like drunk people and it's no exception to like who you are. I just like, like people better when they're sober because I like their best version of themselves. And I don't think that people drunk is the best version of themselves. So Jack and I have just had to have like conversations while sober about what to do in those situations. And like, if I'm feeling anxious or like just annoyed or frustrated, like I have to remove myself from the situation. And if I ask to just like go to bed and we can talk tomorrow, then we just have to like go to bed and talk tomorrow, you know? So I think that you're right. We're having people, I think our hardest challenge is having each other be in completely different mindsets where Jack's like ready to have fun and party and stay out till two in the morning. And I'm like, I'm going to bed at 11 o'clock, you know, and just being under the influence, you can just be a little fucking annoying. It's, it's any, everyone is like, especially the sober person. Yeah. I mean, I had situation where we were at the Westerner and you were, you and Allie were so annoying and you both got in the back seat and treated me like I was an actual Uber driver. And I was like, that is absolutely enough. Cause I'm not an Uber driver. I'm a person who just decides not to drink. So it's just like a matter of being mindful of like how you're treating the person who's not drinking, but also as the person who's not drinking, you have to know what you can and cannot tolerate. And you have to communicate that with your partner so that they can at least try to to be the best version of themselves, even when they're under the influence. Agreed. But it's tricky. It's it's a dynamic that. When you say that, it kind of comes off like, like the person who's drinking has to cater to you. That's why I said that as a the person who's not drinking, you have to understand what you need. Because that might be removing yourself from the situation completely. Like if you're getting, I said this in another thing I recorded already, but like if you're getting annoyed by everybody you're around, you're not benefiting anybody by staying in that situation. Just go home and go to bed. You know, like we have to be in control of our own, you know, happiness too. I think a little bit of leniency and patience helps too. And I think that you do exude that quite a bit, quite often, which is really nice. Yeah. Like you'll give me the benefit of the doubt, like, hey you're being really annoying right now or stuff like that. You'll give hints or, or you do, you are patient when you could be frustrated and that's really nice. 
I think that though the times that I'm like quote unquote patient, I'm probably genuinely not frustrated or like it, it's a moment that I'm not necessarily actively there's times where I'm definitely actively being patient, but like, <laughs> but there's also like on new year's, I didn't feel like I was trying to be patient. I felt like I was just having fun and being myself and everything was, you know, fine. So like sometimes that happens too, but I also have to, <clears throat> I have to manage my emotions a lot because I have so many triggers and things that I have to consistently remind myself that I'm not in the situation that my brain thinks that I'm in, in that moment, you know, seeing red. Yeah. And just like flashbacks where it's like one little thing is said or a facial expression is made and you're like, Oh my God, like, where am I? Am I in the healthy relationship that I'm currently in now? Or I am, am I in that toxic relationship? And what is that going to lead to? And that's my responsibility that you can't do that for me. I can try to understand. Yeah. But it definitely takes work. I mean, I think that our communication is the most important thing. Like when we, before we go out, it's like always a chat about, you know, what the plan is. And is this a night where you're wanting to stay out late? What's the thought process here? Like scooters or no scooters? Always no scooters. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's it's just takes a lot of communication. Agreed. I'm lucky to be partnered up with a planner, which does benefit this situation when it comes to communicating and making sure that we both have fun. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the only ways you can succeed in a dynamic like this because it's not easy. And if you go about it thinking that you're never going to talk about it and you're just going to pretend everything is normal, it's not normal. Like to try to figure out how to be a 20 something who drinks and how to be a 20 something who doesn't drink and goes to bars and things like that. It's just, it's different. But Jack does a really good job of like trying to meet me where I'm at and like say things like if I wasn't drinking, I wouldn't want to do that either. Like you know, Absolutely. if I was drinking, I would go, or if I wasn't drinking, I would go home at that time too. Like, cause sometimes I feel really insecure about going home at 9 PM or 10 PM. And I feel like, did they even like me? Am I even fun? Like I have all those insecurities. Yeah. Is that all you got? I mean, it's valid. Unfortunately, sometimes, I mean, not all across the board, but the people that we situate ourselves around or we've grown up around drinking's an activity. Mm-hmm. It's popular. I know some places that's not the case, but so being the odd duck, odd ball out, of course you're going to wonder about it and have some anxiety around it. Yeah. And I think like in our twenties, it's a big thing as is too, you know, how about we talk about how it's affected things romantically? Say more. No, no. I'm gonna bulk with the questions that we have too. I thought you were gonna bring that up. <laughs> I no, I didn't have that on here. You didn't have that on there. Oh, no, brought it up. Why don't you tell me what your thoughts are? Well, it's different. In because, what? In what ways? Like no one wants to to kiss someone who's been drinking alcohol when they don't do alcohol. Absolutely, the fuck not. See, so we have to have common ground on that. I'm not going for any kisses. Mutual respect. Yeah. It also means that we got to take advantage of the opportunities that we have when we're on the same level. Yeah. When we do date nights, I have learned that I need to make sure if it's just us two, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be drinking alcohol. Yeah. Uh, So those are, so that's. And I think it's important to note that like those things that we learned in that regard we learned in the moment yes both of us like i didn't know that was something that would make me upset until it made me upset or until i didn't like it right and so stuff in my throat like you don't have to like know all these things or maybe you you are okay with that like that's okay you know but for me, I don't see a point in in purpose in Jack drinking when we're on a date together when it's just him and I. Like it's just kind of like what 
what is the purpose, right? Yeah, especially if we're going to kiss later that night. That's the hope. Yeah. You know, I'd hope to kiss you. And so then it just like completely rules all of that out, you know, because it is, I don't like it. I don't like to be, you know, intimate or romantic with you have, if you've had alcohol, because it just feels like we're on different levels and I don't want us to be on different levels when we're doing things like that. It's important to talk about that too, because partners might have different points of views on that. Yeah. It might not affect them. But or some nights it might be okay and some nights it might not be okay for other people too. Like I think it's also okay to just like change your mind and and not always have the same exact feelings about everything at once. Yep. Okay, that's what I had. I like that. That's good. But I think the most important part of that is that you might learn some of these things in the moment. Absolutely. Might not be fun too in the moment, but it's worth it. Yeah. Do you want to answer some questions? Sure. From the peeps? Let's do it. All right. First question is, what do you do to fight the temptation to have a drink when your partner drinks? That's a question for me, obviously. Yep. Um, To be honest, I don't have temptation to drink. <laughs> um. If I ever have a temptation to drink, I just think about how I used to feel when I would be hungover and then that immediately goes away. So um, <clears throat> I will say too, though, like we are fairly stocked in our fridge and our pantry with non-alcoholic options. And so usually oh, yes. Jack will, like if we're having dinner and he pours himself like a beer, he'll pour me a mocktail, canned mocktail or um, sparkling water with fruit in it or something like he'll he'll make me feel involved in that way. And that's always really nice. Um, or if we're out, he'll make sure to try to get me a non-alcoholic option, um, when he gets himself something. So that helps, you know, <clears throat> curve the temptation, if you will, as well. They can taste almost like beer. And if you're <laughs> carrying a beer, make sure that you know which is in what hand. Yes. When I first had a non-alcoholic IPA at beer bar in Salt Lake, Jack brought it to me and I was like, you just gave me a real beer. I really thought it was a real beer. <laughs> it wasn't a real beer. Um, okay. Next question. Do you find yourself getting angry when your partner is drunk, even if they're doing nothing wrong? Do you think I do that? Not every time. But you have. I have. Yeah. yeah. I think it goes back to like the trauma thing. Like my brain might not be able to separate if it's him or if it's, you know, the past. And so I, what? Also too, like I could just be annoying. Well, yeah. Yeah. That and, and that factored in our motivated probably because the alcohol. Yeah. That would make someone angry. And it's not like you're necessarily doing anything wrong. You're just being kind of annoying. It's kind of being to me. Drunk. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a, Annoying to me, but no one else might find you annoying. Yes. And it's, I'm lucky because I have you and you tell me if I'm, gonna, if I'm annoying. Yeah. I do. Yes. I don't hold back. Yes. Lucky. <laughs> it's a good trait. Yeah. But definitely, like, I definitely feel this way and I experience this a lot. And it's, <clears throat> it's frustrating for sure in my own brain. Cause it's like, I know he's not doing anything wrong, but I just feel that way and I can't really control it. So how to talk to your partner if they've had enough without seeming judgy. That's a really good question. I don't know if we've gotten there yet. We uh, have not gotten. I've there. definitely pushed the limits. <clears throat> I definitely apologize the day, the day after. They're probably drinking a little bit too much before. But I don't think you've been in the moment at all and have told me. It's not like I'm ripping shots, right? Right. So it's not like I'm taking three shots in a row or I'm I've never been concerned about you having too much. I've never seen you at a point where you're not in control of yourself or I never have seen you like I've seen somebody not have an off switch before, you know, where they just, they don't know how to stop drinking. Yes. And I never have seen that in you. 
like I think you always know when you need a water, like you're very self-aware and you know your body enough and you don't have a problem with alcohol. So you can slow down. Not now. I have in the past and I've learned. Right. But like you don't at the moment and that helps to help you know that you kind of already know your limits and I don't have to tell you. So if you have to tell, I would say if you have to continuously tell your partner that they've had enough, they probably need to figure that out for themselves. Like they need to wonder why, or you guys need to have a conversation of like, why do you think they've had enough? Yeah. I think an average person can definitely accidentally get to that point. Alcohol is tricky, right? Totally. Very tricky. Uh, But I think you're right about the habitual part where if it happens consistently, uh, more conversations need to be had. Yeah. How would you, if you were at that point, how would you prefer to be spoken to if I felt like you were, you had had too much? I, every time I drink or I'm with you, I remind myself consistently that no matter if I choose to drink, I will not get mad at you. I will not raise my voice and I will not under no circumstances, if I get mad or I have a problem with you, it's going to be addressed when I'm sober. I have to go in. I just don't want it ever to get to a point where it jeopardizes us. If it, let's say it did get to a certain point like that, I would want a subtle touch, like you to pull me away and to say, I love you. I just think you drank a little bit too much tonight. Would it be all right if you stopped? Mm. Something along those lines. That doesn't even sound perfect, but something like that. But you always got to start off with like, I love you or something nice. Yeah. Because if you come in hot, what the fuck are you drinking for? (laughs) Why are you doing so much of that? You're so drunk. (laughs) That's not going to help. That's not going to help. Is that what my voice sounds like? No, that was just (laughs) someone's voice. What the hell are you doing that for? Yeah. <laughs> that would not go over very well. No, I agree. I feel like <clears throat> I feel like the clear and kind is what you have to do, especially when someone's under the influence, because it is easy to feel like I'm I remember like if someone were to ever tell me, which I don't think I ever got told that I was not drinking too much. I think it was always that I wasn't drinking enough, but it does feel like judgy. You just feel insecure in that moment. And so like, I feel like I would definitely approach it like that. And it's helpful to hear you say what you would prefer. Like, Hey, do you mind just like slowing down or just having a water for a little bit? Like taking a break, taking a break. I just feel like you've had a little too much. I think if you were to approach it nicely like that, Mm -hmm. it's like you could do a quick self-reflection, like a quick status check. Right. Oh yeah. I'm drunk. Okay. Let's, let's, let's slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you might not even notice it. And I think you yes. always have to assume best intentions of your partner. Yes. Like, I think someone wrote that in a, a letter. It might have been Christy, Jesme, that wrote it in a letter um, to us during our wedding. But it was like, assume your partner always has the best intentions. And I think that that goes both ways in that conversation. Like, I can assume that, I you know, obliviously assume that you don't know how drunk you are and you can assume that I'm coming from a place of, you know, care rather than anger. Yep. I like that. I like that too. Clear and kind baby. Um, do you feel like your partner should do it with you as a sign of support? For example, dry January. It's kind of a question for me, but I'm curious your thoughts. want me to answer first no because i'm thinking i i feel pretty passionately about it Mm. uh i think it depends on like if it's dangerous to the person but if they casually do it i think no i think it's a personal decision you're making yep uh i think it's a little bit i I mean i i want to say selfish but also I can understand someone asking like, Hey, can you support me for like a month? And then can we both do this? Right. 
So I get it. I get it both ways. I think it really depends on the circumstances or the context. I, I think that sobriety, it's kind of like what you just said, is a personal choice. I think being sober curious is a personal choice. I would never want you to do th- something that you didn't choose to do yourself. Yep. And put it. <clears throat> there might be nights where I'm like, hey, would you mind like going at this one sober with me? Yeah. Like I, that I, evening. I'd love you to say that too. To team up on a sober journey together. Like a sober night. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that's perfectly fine. Obviously the roles can't be reversed in that way where like, you can be like, Hey, can you come get fucked up with me tonight? (laughs) (laughs) But I think that those are okay. But to ask somebody to commit to an extensive period of time, I I would just say that if you're feeling like you have to do that, or you want to do that with your partner, ask them to do that, maybe reflect on why, like, is it because you wish your partner didn't drink so much? Do you wish that your partner had a similar lifestyle to you? Like, do you feel like there's something that's misaligned? I, in our relationship, don't feel like there's something that's misaligned. And if I did, I feel like I could just talk to you about it. And I wouldn't need to like ask you to do a whole month of dry January to like support me. Cause honestly, I'm pretty set in it and I feel well supported in it with you even drinking. I think you support me beautifully with it. You go to curiosity, you pick up my drinks for me, you always make sure I have something. You always make sure I'm comfortable and I'm happy. So if you want to leave, we can leave. Right. So it's like, it doesn't seem fair to then also add, okay, will, will you also not drink for a month with me? If you chose to do that, I would be like, hell yeah, I'll support you obviously. And I'll do that with you. But I don't think that it's necessary. I think the the important thing you drew from there was the why. Mm-hmm. So I think that wraps it up well. Yeah. Why are you wanting your partner to do that with you? Yep. Love it. What kinds of boundaries have you had to implement? We talked a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some of the kissing. Mm-hmm. Talked about just language, pausing conversations the next day. Uh, no, no hugging, extreme hugging. <laughs> what? It's code. <laughs> oh my God. No extreme. <laughs> Uh, where are some of the other boundaries? Um, I just said thought of one. Oh fuck, the extreme hugging threw me off. What was it? Extreme hugging. I might have came up with some good co-language there. I don't know if I've honestly heard that one before. I don't think I have either. Um, fuck, what is it? It was a really good one that we have too that I forgot. I think we also have an understanding that if there is drinking involved, it, it, it can get in the way of like doing responsibilities. Like maybe a little bit of leniency when it comes to chores or doing household items that I'm responsible for or next day plans. That's I've, also important. I've dragged him to Trader Joe's so hungover before and he's been so pissed. I, I don't, don't think that's the case. You're miserable. I know it for a fact. God damn it. What was that other boundary? It was a good one. No scooters. There's no scooters allowed. Oh, if I remembered it. Question, if you have any questions about the scooters, just ask Max Bouch. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bouch is the victim of the scooters for sure. Yeah. Scooters are not allowed when drinking. Um, I remembered it. You, we've decided that if you're out drinking with the boys, not doing scooters, that you have to be communicative of like when you're going to be home and things like that. Yeah. There was one time where I stayed out two hours later than I said I was going to, and I didn't communicate anything to Paige and she was worried about me and I was being selfish and I didn't let her know that I was going to stay out later and that I was good. 
and I was going to make it home. Uh, and she came to me that with that information, respectively. And I was com- that it? could you hear that? In yeah, it was really loud. And I completely agreed with her because she does care about me. So if plans change or I'm going to be out on the loan or I'm going to be up late, I need to do my best to let you know, give you status updates and give you ETAs. You sound like you're like reading from a script that I wrote for you. <laughs> like, here are the things that you should say to make you sound like the perfect husband for a sober girl. We've talked about this quite a bit. And I think my my new boss catched on to it. But I tend to like really think about what I'm going to say. Yeah. So I slow down my speech pattern and there's not a ton of flow to it just in general. Yeah. It kind of Jack has this tendency to sound like he's reading from a bulleted list at all times. Like not just in these situations where he has a microphone in front of him, but like constantly sounds like he's reading from a bulleted list. So um, this happened at work today and then, yeah, that was good. And then I did this and that was it. That was a, that was all right. And then I did this and that was, that was a thing that happened. Yeah. And then this happened and the blah, 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 blah. thing is I don't talk that fast though. No, you don't. I talk fast. You talk slowly, but from bulleted list form. Yes. And I'm more of like a run on sentence gal. And I would I'm, I'm say I'm unique for it and I'm proud to be unique. <laughs> That was a two bullets. Two list. bullets. That's <laughs> <laughs> so Goodness funny. Goodness gracious. Oh, well, I love you for it. So thanks. But yeah, I think that again, any boundary that we've set has been learned in through experiencing it. Like I didn't realize that that was bothering me that you weren't going to let me know. And it's not like you did it several times. It's like one time you did it and it stressed me out. And I was like, Hey, like you can't do that anymore. And you're like, okay, fair. You know, I won't do that anymore. Well, cause I, f- I would feel the same way about you. Totally. And I think that's the other thing is like, you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes constantly, which that's relationships and marriage all the time. Like put yourself in your partner's shoes always. We haven't been even married for a year yet. <laughs> Yes. What? What? So we haven't even been married for a year yet. I know, but I still, that's something I practice. Yes. Okay. What? Did you think I was sounding like I was a marriage counselor or something? You're a marriage expert, actually. I'm not a marriage expert, but you're allowed to express things that you're trying to figure out and work on. Just being sassy. I'm sorry. You are being sassy. I didn't ask for it. I know. Get back to your bulleted list. It's so true. Back to your script, boy. She she's the first person ever to say bulleted lists. And when she said that, I was like, wow, I gotta do that. Does it look like a bulleted list in your brain? Yeah, it must. <laughs> I think I talked about it on previous podcasts, but coming from being homeschooled to like integrating into a social setting, major social setting, uh, and not being fluent with my words or being witty you're making fun of me but i'm not making fun of you but like like i was always thinking about what i was going to say yeah always trying to make sure that it made sense didn't hurt anybody's feelings and that it was just clear yeah like anxiety about not saying the right thing i just think it's how i was trained because of the circumstances environment yeah i grew through you were different and so then you had to figure out how to not be or try you thought you were different so you're trying to stress like i'm not different and i'm just gonna think about that and i ended up even more different (laughs) was that that wasn't very bulleted though (laughs) anyways back to being on topic what i was saying is it's good to put yourself in other people's shoes. And again, you know what? That's not just a marriage thing, by the way, shithead. That's also a friendship thing. That's a every single scenario. You should always be thinking about the perspective of the other person if you really want to have a good life. While also thinking about your own. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, I think that's how boundaries are set is by just experiencing things and then communicating what you need from that person. I feel like that's a uh, good on that topic. That's great. 
Um, okay. Last question. Oh my goodness, who's it from? What you talking about, Willis? Oh, Dale. 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 Do either of you wish the other one would change slash join them? Full transparent honesty, Jack. Do you wish that I drank? No. Why? I think that the only reason that full transparency. Yeah. The only reason why, like you, I would maybe slightly consider it is just for more extreme hugging. (laughs) Opportunities. But that is strictly it. I am in full support of your decisions. You're constantly striving to be healthier and better for yourself. So I'm going to fully support that. And honestly, we have a good life. Things are good. Yeah. We make things work really well. We do. Yeah. I'm going to do an episode on extreme hugging while sober. (laughs) Because I think you're right where like the, my inhibitions were down more often and I was less tense about it when I would drink, which is just like, I think natural for everybody. And that's pretty normal. Yeah. I mean, that's what one small fraction of a selfish thought once in a while. Right. Yeah. But that does not dictate how I feel. No, I know that. I know that. But I appreciate your honesty though. Yeah. How about you? Your turn. Um, Full transparency. I do think about it sometimes what it would be like if you didn't drink. Fair. I just think that does it mean that that's what I want? Absolutely not. Just because I would never want you to do something that you don't want to do, you know, and I know that you enjoy it and you have fun doing it. And I support that fully. Um, but yeah, there's times where it just like, it, I wonder if it would be nice to both be sober. Uh, I think you would be inhuman if you didn't. Yeah. Because you enjoy the lifestyle so much mm-hmm. for you to not imagine what it would be like to have a partner who lived the same exact lifestyle would be very strange. Yeah. So, yeah, I've thought about that a lot, like what it would be like to be in partnership with somebody who does share that. And I think that there's pros and cons to it, right? Like, yeah, I've all both of us waking up on a Saturday morning, not being hungover or, you know, just. I'm not hungover every Saturday morning. I play basketball actually at 6 a, on 6 a.m. I'm just telling the people. Okay. Tell I the play people. basketball. I think even the last two Saturday, 6 a.m. There's, oh, that's another bullet. Um, <laughs> so I do not all Saturdays, but that's not what you inferred. No, that's not what I inferred. I just think that it's important. Yeah. That's just how I feel sometimes is like, oh, I wonder what it would be like. But. Um, ultimately, no, I don't wish that you were sober because I think that a lot of the reason that we have the friends that we have is because of the fun that we have. And most of that fun is thanks to you. So, and not just that you're only fun when you're drunk, but just like you'll participate in the fun and entertain them. And I can't always do that, I guess. Oh, that's an interesting to say. I don't know if that's completely true. That might be an insecurity that's coming out a little bit. Totally. I think if I was to be sober, that our friends would still be friends with us because we do activities outside of drinking. Yeah. Which is really nice. I guess. Yeah. I'm not saying that like they wouldn't be our friends, but I think that like, I think our lifestyle would be really different. And I do enjoy going to those things. Like I do enjoy it. I might not enjoy it for as long as you do. But like, I do like going to the bar and like hanging out with our friends or like going to a party and hanging out with our friends, you know? I think that's another podcast uh, episode that you can have too. Uh, I think you deserve mad props for how you engage and socialize in a drunk setting. Mm. You're incredibly talented at it. Uh, Some would even think that you're drinking, right? It's a special skill to have, and it does not <laughs> come easy. i a lot where people are like, wait, you're not drunk? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm drunk on life, boy. 
Uh, but that's not easy. And I can tell in the moments that that's not easy for you. Yeah. And no one, maybe it is easy for other people. Some people maybe can't even do it, right? Mm-hmm. They might need help if they are interested in being participating in a drinking environment. They might need tips and advice to how to, to do that. Uh, I don't know if that's something that you can do, but uh, you you do a great job of that, which is nice. So I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Uh, but yeah, I also do like some of the bonds and memories that happen mm-hmm. when alcohol are involved. Right. Uh, and for me at this point, I think it's more healthy than destructive. Yeah. Like a lot higher, healthier than destructive. So I don't have any plans to stop doing that. Yeah. But I could see that possibly changing in the future, especially You're if just... we have when we have kids. Right. Yeah. I think like once we have kids, obviously the frequency is going to be a lot less. Yes. Just by nature, like our Saturday nights are not going to be as wild and crazy as they are now. Yeah. For those who don't know, my dad actually gave up alcohol completely while raising us. It wasn't yeah. until 1920. Uh, I've not decided. 1920? <laughs> until we were the ages of 19 and 20 years. <laughs> uh, Isn't that when like the prohibition happened too or something? Yes. Yeah. No, no, I don't know. 1920s? Yes, actually. 1918? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're off topic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've not actually made a decision yet if I'm going to do that. I think we. I have a little bit of time to decide that. I am considering it. Is this now the time where I should tell everyone that I'm pregnant? I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. She is not fertile. Not fertile right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting. But shout out to Rob Holmgren. I didn't have, I didn't shout anybody out this episode. So okay, you had to do it. I yeah. had to do it. Um, no, I think that's really, really cool. Just to like and I think that, you know, did create a healthy like you and your brothers are genuinely fairly good with alcohol. Like I don't think that there's any craziness with it and stuff. So now. Yeah. Now definitely trials and tribu- tribulations. I think that's very frequent upon most kids. But yeah, it's it's just interesting, you know, how prevalent it is. Like with my dad's experience, I was like fearful to drink for a super long time because I was afraid of of experiencing it the same way that he did. But I think that it's yeah, I don't I don't think that either of us wish a, that the other person was exactly a certain way. And if we did, then we probably wouldn't be married to each other. So nope. That would be bad. But I think that if I ever decide that I want to drink again, that you'd support me. And if you ever decide that you don't want to drink, I'd support you. So, yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all the questions. Did you have anything else that you were thinking about? Nope. I think we spit some really good words, sentences out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we should end this podcast right now. Immediately? Immediately. All right, I love you. Love you.